The following podcast is brought to you by the BICBP Radio Network. sort of the panel discussion your home for comic book talk every week right here on the BICBP radio network my name is Matt Johnson one of your hosts and alongside as always Greg Knowlton and we are here we are honoring it's been it's probably been well over months since we did the vote for this uh, episode but we're going to honor yeah. our last uh, our last fan vote from a month ago Captain Cold is the topic today and I'm excited to talk about him. I really, truly am. I I wasn't very familiar with Captain Cold until a little bit later in my lifetime. I grew up with, you know, I've said it a million times on the show, Batman the Animated Series um, and Mr. Freeze. So when I heard Captain Cold, I'm like, this guy sounds kind of goofy. Uh, but it turns out he's very far from it. Yeah, he. I love him. He, you. Uh, and, and he's a typical Flash villain too. Where when, and that's the thing with the Flash villains when you look at them, they all are kind of goofy. Like Flash's Rogues Gallery is goofy looking, but yeah, Captain Boomerang is, is you know an example. Mirror Master, the Weather Wizard, Trickster—like they're all these goofy, like very campy characters. But uh, that's what makes them so endearing, and there's something special about them. And we're, we'll talk about that more too. Um, especially because they're featured pretty heavily in my books. Okay, very good. Um, all right, so Captain Cold debuted, and I'm actually going to read the uh, portion of this title that's one of the books I'm uh, covering today, Showcase Number 8 from June in 1957, created by John Broom and Carmine Infantino. Uh, DC Comics villain, obviously, as mentioned, and his alter ego name is Leonard Snart. So he's a... Uh, yeah, he's been around for some time. He's really one of those yep. classic villains, I think, that helped put characters like The Flash and, and, and many others on the map And as far as the DC side of things went. He was one of those villains, um, though, that like I had a draw to him. He's very endearing in the sense of his, his story was like he was abused. His father was a criminal who used to beat him, and so he ran away from his dad. And then... Like his dad, had, he had taught, he'd learned some stuff from his dad, but he ran away to get away from his father. Um, and when he did, he left his sister behind. His sister was still stuck with his dad, but he just couldn't be in that lifestyle anymore. Uh, but eventually he wasn't able to fend for himself uh, because his grandfather was taking care of him, dies. So he goes off and starts to become a criminal on his own. So it's kind of crazy. Like he he has a very endearing like story because he's just the, he's just trying to survive. He's literally just trying to survive, and the, he creates the cold gun because there's all of this thing, these things that are difficult for him that surpass. Like it's even hard just to be a criminal in that world, um, and it's the only way he knows how to survive. So he's he's super smart and builds this cold gun, and he's actually like a lot of people compare him to Mister Freeze. That's a such a common thing. You're right. But he, but one of the things is like he's actually has a higher control and. Um, a higher understanding of like the cold weapons over freeze freeze. Even like if you read like the wiki and everything like freeze, even at one point and, and, and any of the books, 
acknowledges his him as like the guy he he actually achieves absolute zero like none of the other cold characters ever have not even like like icicle or or um my gosh uh, uh like killer frost like the characters that like can actually manipulate it like none of them have achieved it but this genius who can make it with a gun can right right i See that's that's really neat to to finally hear, and I, like I, like I said, I, I have learned quite a bit about you know Captain Cold uh, with reading and the the glasses. I thought was really a really cool trademark look for him. Um, you know, definitely different. And reading here that he was when he was part when he was doing his small time, you know, criminal yep. stuff before he became truly became Captain Cold. Uh, the visor was actually to protect him and the other thieves from flashes of gunfire. Yep. And it's kind of neat how that all originated and, and eventually became his um, really yeah. became his signature look. I mean, you see those glasses, you instantly think Captain Cold now. Yeah. Uh, you know, as well as his, his jacket or Parker or whatever, you know, the whatever Parker. Really I called. love it. They did such a good job modernizing it. Um, I think Captain Cold really got super popular when he hit like the flash tv series and he was a he, on and off on the legends like um he just was super cool character wentworth miller i, I love so captain cold is always side by side with heat wave fire and ice which is awesome so as a nod to like prison break they brought wentworth miller and i'm gonna forget his name but the, the his co-star from prison break were captain cold and heat wave um and had still still reprised these roles to this day but he brought in such an interesting take on this character and it was a lot different because when i think cold i think like very very cold and calculating like withered and he was more he was cold and calculating but like super genius but still had like this different type of charm to him um made him very charismatic and likable and that made up turned a lot of people on to cold and he's actually seen as like a top villain in the dc universe like he's one of he's probably the greatest of flashes non-speedster rogues right next to gorilla grod in my personal opinion yeah i seen somewhere it was a list of i think ign or something did a top 100 comic book villains list and he was actually i mean it was either top comic book or top just dc and he was ranked number 27th overall so i think that was uh pretty cool i'm trying to find where that is now, but I'm not seeing it. But I mean, that's still whether it's just DC alone or, or you know, that that's that's a pretty cool honor that that he's he's kind of up that high, especially for somebody yeah. who I knew nothing about growing up. And and you know, I I felt I thought that I knew the mainstream people, you know, yeah. when I was a kid. But man, I knew nothing, nothing. Yeah, DC, uh, Flash specifically, uh, but DC in general has these like wild rogues. And when we think like Superman, we think Lex Luthor, but he has all sorts of different Mr. McPlixit, like um, uh, Metallo and Parasite and all these other villains we don't think of. Flash, we usually think like Dr. Zoom, aka the reverse Flash and Gorilla Grodd, but there's the whole like Flash rogues gallery uh, and it's a huge thing. Batman, you think Joker, Batman's got a little more of a, a villain basis, but there's a lot of DC. We usually go to like one iconic villain where I think Marvel, um, there's more of like an, a spread out, like some, like Spider-Man is maybe one of the exceptions, but over time it's like, 
the villains kind of go across every character and this and that. DC, I think they're always very lined up with their villain. Whoever the character is, you know who their villain is right away. But they also have these all these very interesting side villains that like a lot of people don't know about if you don't really dive into the books. Um, and that's what I love about DC. And the villains are so always have such such characterization to them. Um, it's another thing I've like I love about DC. And and I'll I'll talk about that when I start getting into my books. Like the first book I'm reading is completely about villains. It's a villain led book, and I oh, okay. it's super good. <laughs> I'm looking forward to hearing it. Uh, one more thing, too. Uh, you know, I'm reading up because, I, like I said, Captain Cold is very new to me. Um, they gave him a kind of a, a code to live by in the new 52 reboot. Um, yeah. Captain Cold, he, he lives to never kill. And I guess I guess apparently with his new look, he, it says here, sometimes can be perceived as a hero. Um, have you ever read any books where he really came off like that? Uh, I will be actually um, he's had some issues like through flashpoint where he's been a hero. He's had his moments where he works teams up with the flash. Um, but yeah. And, and they put his code was a big part of the TV show too. Like he actually flash actually convinces him to work with him because of his code for a moment. He's like, look like you don't want to kill people by not helping me. You're going to let people die. So he like, basically convinces him to do that. And and that's a similar thing that happens in the comic books. Uh, But yeah, and I love that. I love the, the villain with a code, like it, it kind of switches things up. And again, it's one of the reasons I think cold uh, captain cold is so like endeared and has this, this fan following. Yeah. The, the, the code thing goes a long way. I've heard a lot of writers and even like artists, you know, describe that, um, you know, to go to Marvel, uh, I can't remember who the guy's name was, but he, he didn't want to write Maximum Carnage because Carnage did not have a code, I guess. And it, I think for a, a lot of the street level villains that they kind of do have that, and that's appealing. Yeah. I think, I think you're right. It does stand out quite a bit with, uh, Captain Cold to have that, um, to have that mindset as a, as a villain, you know, it's, uh, it's a good take. I think it humanizes villains in, in a way. Yeah. The only thing I wasn't crazy about the new 52 is I believe they actually like gave him real powers and I wasn't nuts about that. Like I preferred him having the gun and his brain. Um, I understood it was against the flash, but yeah, I, I, again, yeah, it humanizes them. It makes them more like, Oh, like, why are you doing this then? You, he, and he has a clear reason to be human. Like he was being abused. Of course. Why would he go out and hurt others? Like, I, I dig that a lot and I'm sending you so you could see if I can get it. Uh, nope. I was trying to send you <laughs> an image image of his look. So you could see, yeah, like in new 52, they definitely made him look like more of a hero. Um, okay. He, he has like the cutoff shirt, the nice, oh, like, yeah. like, like slim line hoodie and all that stuff. So I love yeah. that look, but, but I prefer the, I think I prefer the parka. <laughs> I, I think I do, too. I think I do, too. Um, All right. You ready to review some books for him? Oh, yeah. All right. Let's do it. I'll, uh, you know what? I'll start this one off uh, okay. since I do have his very first appearance. As I said, it is issue number eight of, oh, boy. I had it right. I had the name of it right here. Showcase, I think it was. Showcase. Yeah. 
and it was cool. I mean, the, the book overall, it's it's a pretty long book, and, and it has a ver- variety of Flash stories, which I did appreciate. I've never been one. I don't think I've ever picked up a, a comic book with Flash in it, and I get it. It's a shame on me. Oh, but yeah. But it had <laughs> – big time. But it, it's – yeah, it's split it up into, you know, multiple par- parts. I think this was the last story. Yeah, it was two books, two stories. And Captain Cold's debut was the second one. So this was really neat. I think it was a good way back in the day to kind of get villains introduced, side characters introduced, and see how the reception was. You don't have to bank a whole comic book on them. But if you do part of a story, uh, I think it's a good way to test the waters. You don't see that too often nowadays. But back you know, back in the 50s, 60s, 70s, even the 80s with the Marvel team-ups and, and amongst other books, uh, you did see that. You did see, you know, one book, multiple stories, introducing new characters. But this one st- uh, starts off, the actual title of the book is, uh, the story is called the, the Coldest Man on Earth. And it actually starts off with them battling, but it, it cuts back where Captain Cold is just walking down the middle of the street uh, in his parka, middle of the day. It's a summer day, too, which that's why everybody's just kind of staring at him. It's like, oh, he must be going to a masquerade. But then he uses his uh, cold gun, blasts up, uh, <laughs> blasts some ice up and goes and heads into the bank, freezes everybody, breaks in and starts to walk away. Um Barry Allen gets notified, you know, gets notified that there's a bank robbery, goes after him, and Captain Cold is trying his best. He thought, you know, his cold gun would be enough to to stop the flash. It wasn't quite there yet, but what he did do, did do was use the cold gun to uh, create a slippery surface. That way, Flash could not uh, get any closer to him. So he out he outwitted Flash, which was really neat. He was kind of just, it was kind of like spinning your tires in mud, if yep. uh, if you will. And so after that scene, it goes back, it, you know, it, kind of a flashback or really the origin of uh, Captain Cold and how he came about his powers, breaking into that uh, the Cyclotron building and his weapon becoming enhanced, uh, him not realizing it until a security guard uh, asks him what he's doing and then he froze him. So... From that point forward, he kind of, I mean, that was really his his key weapon. It's a really neat gun. Um, And then it goes back to, you know, currently uh, a battle with Flash. It looks like in Central Park, perhaps. Um, But what I didn't know either was Captain Cold has, he was like some kind of illusion tech, which I didn't, I did not know. Um, Mm -hmm. He, which is really neat. He was throwing out Flash with uh, like, kind of like Mysterio in a way, like these giant dragons and this giant chicken thing and throwing a bunch of like staircases at him. Like it was pretty wild, but eventually flash catches on. He sees that captain cold hiding behind a tree and it, the battle kind of ends a little unceremoniously with, with flash kind of spinning around and, and taking him to, uh, taking him to prison. But um, other than that, I think a really cool introduction for the character of Captain Cold. I really liked it. We can get into the uh, review portion. If uh, you've never listened to this podcast before, we review it on five different categories, art, action, story, dialogue, and rereadability. Uh, We score them all out of 10, add them up, 
And uh, that's our official panel discussion score. So first up, we have artwork. The artwork, I mean, keep in mind, this is the 50s, and I feel like it held up really well and was comparable to a lot of stuff we've seen in the 60s and 70s and even potentially early 80s, depending on who the artist was. I was very impressed. It didn't – it had that feel of an old comic, but it it was – I don't know. I just – I'm trying to think of the way to describe it. It, I think feel like it bridged two generations of comic book art. I think it's the best way to describe it. And it did a really good job of it. I'm going to give the artwork a, a nine. Action. Uh, I mean, minimal, minimal action. It wasn't really the strong point here in it. There was limited fighting scenes. Um, but it was really cool. You get to see Captain Cold, you know, using his weaponry and outwit Flash a little bit. Uh, I'm going to give the, the action, I'm going to give it a six. Like I said, not the strong point. Story-wise, I have to – I thought it was a great story. I thought it was a great story. I thought the ending was a little abrupt, but that's – I mean, that's okay. Um, but, you know, you introduce this character, you give him a, a quick origin, and boom. Uh, you know, tough vil- tough villain, uh, you know, for Flash to face. And, and obviously, here we are 50, 60-plus years later, and he's still a uh, – he made it. He survived the showcase. So I'm going to give this story an eight. Dialogue. Really, really good dialogue. Really, really good um, in that respect, especially, you know, working backwards. You kind of, I mean, Captain Cole was the the main focus of the storyline. You're, you're getting everything from his perspective, really. And they did a good job, you know, having him through think the think word bubbles and him just talking. They did a really good job of illustrating that. I'm going to give that a, uh, I'm going to give that a nine. So, and then rereadability. Would I pick this book up again? Yeah, it's a fun one. It's one of those lengthy ones. Uh, and we, uh, you know, I like the longer stories anyways. And this was a really, really good origin story for, you know, a character that I had no idea about until maybe three years ago. So I'm going to give the re- uh, rereadability a nine. Uh, giving a score of 41 out of 50 for showcase number eight for DC Comics 1957. Yep. Wow. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Hey, I told you I really like my books. The second one's fun. The second one's fun. I don't know if I like it as much as the first one, but uh, I I did enjoy the second one that I get to read. Sweet. I will. I'll hop in then. I'll tag in here. Sorry, I was already adding up my next book. <laughs> oh, my first book <laughs> for you. All right, so I did um, Rogue's Revenge. It's number two of three. It's for, uh, a Final Crisis title from October 08. Uh, both my books are a little newer, but I I just really like where Cold was at this time in the last few years. I feel like it's it's just they've really figured out this character and. Jeff Johns has been a huge part of like making a lot of these characters to the forefront. Um, he's, he's helped out with a lot of the TV shows and he, he really like made green lantern what it is nowadays, in my opinion. Um, so I love his books. He's, he wrote on this and this is just a really fun book. So I'll hop into it. It is, it just starts off with um, the flash rogues. There's a crew of them are talking about how this other secret society known as Libra we're trying to get them to join and they refused. And you get some shots of a few other villains like Dr. Light, um, 
you get a shot of Libra, you get a shot of Black Manta, um, and I believe this is Parasite and one other, and you it, it immediately kicks over and you see a, this team of rogues. It's the new trickster. It's Jesse James's son, Axel James, the weather weather wizard, mirror master, um, heat wave and captain cold. And they're all like breaking into this. Like, it looks like a storefront all soaked from the rain. And it just talks about how they've been an accessory to murder, um, of kid flash due to this speedster inertia. And now they're actually going to get back at inertia for making them a part of that. Um, uh, they weren't okay with this killing of kid flash. Um, so they, they are in Gamby's private workshop, which is this Gamby. Um, some people might know him from black lightning he makes a lot of the, the superhero suits and they even make a, a, a claim on it. Like, they don't go to Gamby because he makes the super suits like stylish. He makes them effective. So it doesn't matter that they're like super crazy colors and super weird. It's that they're able to hang on to like, or put up to 500 mile per hour winds, like weather wizard says. And I think that was a really cool way to explain it. Like why they have these like super goofy costumes, uh, when they're these super like tough villains. And I, I liked that a lot. Um, there is a suit of the Golden Glider, which is Leonard Stark's sister who was killed. Um, and he actually freezes it and smashed it because he's ticked off. And Gamby is there all beat up. He's tied up. He's got a mirror taped to his chest and he is covered in blood. Uh, and they realize it's a message. And a team of new rogues who have their, their same weapons are coming to get them. It's a new mirror mat. It's... Burn, Mirror Man, Mr. Magic, and Weather Witch, um, as well as a mirror or something, something else. Oh, no. Oh, sorry. And and whoever this cold guy is, I forgot what his name was. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, his name was Chill. That's why I forgot, because it was super lame. Uh, and they're laughing at the original rogues. And the original rogues are about to take the fight to him, it seems like. Cuts over to Inertia in a fight with um, Zoom and Zoom is trying to make Inertia put on the kid flash suit and it cuts back over and the new rogues are talking about how they're going to kill the old rogues as the old rogues step through uh, a mirror and it gets, it turns into a huge fight and it's just a really, just a really solid fight. Like heat wave goes off against burn cold and chill start fighting uh, Weather Witch and Weather Wizard go at it. Uh, Trickster and um, Mr. Magic are going at it. And then the mirror, the two mirror battlers are going at it. And it is, it's pretty rough. I, I will say, I've tried, I don't want to give too many spoilers. One of my favorite things is they actually threaten Weather Wizard has a daughter. Um, and they threaten her and he goes, I may be a father, but I haven't gotten soft. All those years, I've warned people that I'd grow a tornado inside their belly and burst them wide open. And you just see a shot of the one guy screaming and then blood everywhere as the tornado grows inside of his stomach. Pretty crazy. That's Pretty intense. crazy. Uh, and there's just some great dialogue. They're talking about like why they stick together at Rogues. It's not just because they have these weapons, but it's because of their personalities. And there's some really great dialogue. Um, cold wipes the floor with chill and then it basically it goes back to zoom and inertia and you actually see the pied piper there uh trying to string them along 
and my this is like my favorite scene is cold actually walks in and his father is there and it's just going through his mind and he's him and his father are arguing about how he left his sister and it was his fault and like that she's dead and um he's a his father's ashamed of everything he's become and blah 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 and they're arguing back and forth and like it's getting you flashbacks of his father beating him with a baseball bat while he's drinking and like kicking him out of the house and like all this stuff um and and cold punches him but he can't kill him so heat wave comes in and just lights him up Mm -hmm. and it is incredible at one point I forgot in here, they do talk about the absolute zero. Um, one of the guys goes to punch cold and his hand actually freezes. He's like, how'd you do that? And they actually made the air around him absolute zero, but you can't see it. And it was his one of his ways of dealing with the flash. Um, it goes to this character, Libra, setting up to take them down. And she has Weather Wizard's son. And that's where it ends. Or he, he has Weather Wizard's son. Um, super cool book. It was not what I expected when I picked it up and I, I really dug it. Cause like I said, there's, I can't really, I couldn't go into it without reading all the stuff, but there's so much conversation about the rogues and how they have this code and like they're band together for a reason. And like Axel needs to prove himself. Not that like about because of the, who ha- the guy who's wielding this, the weapons, but like, like who he is inside the suit and like how he protects the other rogues and like, like just wiping the floor with these old rogues because they don't have the same like mindset. They don't have the same ability. They don't have the same bond. And I, I really dug it. I'll hop into the scoring. Um, this is lowest score. I actually, the art style is super weird. It's a very different cartoony art. There's some, some panels I absolutely love and some panels I'm not crazy about. So I'm going to give it a six. Okay. The action, a 10 easy just the the tornado the absolute zero like scene heat wave burning this other guy like making this other guy's suit so hot even though he's wearing a flame retardant suit that it actually like melts around him so good (laughs) it's just a it's a crazy fight um and then so that's a 10 story is a nine easy just so much good stuff going on with the the new rogues taking over with leonard's father with everything going on with inertia uh easy nine same thing with the dialogue and then rereadability is another nine i actually like am very interested to finish this to finish this rogues thing i've read some of final crisis um of the stories i've never read this rogues revenge so i kind of want to read all three of these uh but so an overall score of 43 out of 50 for me on this book. Not too shabby. Not too shabby. Um, all right. I'll get into my book in just a second while I have everybody's attention. Um, you know, I wanted to announce that, you know, our network is running a pod pop and roll <laughs> skate night coming up very soon in North Tonawanda, New York at Rainbow Rink. Uh, we're really excited to do this. And, you know, Greg and, and everybody were just really throwing in on this. This is going to be a really cool concept uh, for us. What we're trying to do, uh, first and foremost, 20% of all pro- proceeds will be going to the uh, North Tonawanda Little Food Pantry. Is that the, the correct name of it? Little Free Food Pantry, yep. Little Free Food Pantry. Okay. My apologies. Um, but what's going to happen is, you know, from the time of the event, uh, Doors open at 10 p.m. 
on Friday, November 15th. Uh, for tickets, check in, all that stuff, and it'll go till well after midnight. Uh, but everybody will be roller skating to uh, various songs from video games, uh, movies, cartoons. and TV shows. Yep, TV shows, cartoons, and, and pro wrestling, and, and a lot of pop culture music. We're really excited to, to throw this on for everybody right before the holiday season gets going. So, um, tickets will be available within the next week. Pre-sale is going to be $12 or at the door 15 and it covers your skate rental and you get a door prize. I think we're going to throw up a big Wegmans gift card, uh, you know, to help out somebody with Thanksgiving costs and there's going to be a ton of basket auctions, uh, to go with it. So please, please, please follow the BICBP radio network, Facebook page for, uh, any updates. The event page is already up. And we really, really hope to see you there. Cosplay, definitely encouraged. Yes. Um, okay. On that note, I'm going to read my second book. This one was, I think it was more fun is the best way to describe it. Way uh, More fun um, in a sense. It was a little goofy. Um, but this book is The Flash Volume 2, issue number 174 from 1987. And... I was really intrigued by it. I didn't know uh, what to look for with Captain Cold as far as later books. My go-to always is going to be that first issue and seeing, you know, how these characters started their look. And, you know, that's just, that's just my go-to. So I searched around. I was like, Oh, what's, what are good Captain Cold stories? And, and I was like, Whoa, this sounds really cool. It's a, uh, Captain Cold Flash team-ups of sorts. And like I said, it was nothing spectacular, but um, the idea, the concept of it was uh, was really neat. I was trying to find a new 52 book, um, but this one they said was one of the, uh, this one was one of the better storylines. I think it was on like a Reddit, one of those like Reddit threads, or maybe it wasn't Reddit, but some sort of uh, comic book discussion thread. Uh, but the book starts off Wally West in his, uh, who is the, the current Flash at this time, um, and his girlfriend, wife, probably one or the other. Uh, they move into an, a brand new apartment, and they're inviting some folks over, or her parents, over for the hockey, uh, the hockey game. And Wally alludes to that he just, he doesn't like being around her family. Mm-hmm. Uh, she... He says that the dad asked too many questions. He's like an insurance kind of guy, stock well, stock market and stuff like that. Or account, accountant, accountant is his job position. So he asks a bunch of questions um, often and it annoys uh, Flash. So here they are. They're watching the game on TV. And all of a sudden, uh, on the television, Wally West uh, happens to notice that there's a giant monster fighting the hockey players. Uh, in the middle of the game, so on the television. So he starts ru- rushing towards, and it's really cool. I didn't know this was a thing, but as he's running, the suit kind of just appears on him. Uh, I really did not know this was a thing. But he heads down there, and all the hockey players are trying to fight this giant monster. Uh, the monster's name is called Tar Pit, and I don't know if he's a regular villain. I've never seen or heard of him before, mm-hmm. but it's... uh. So, yeah, that's happening. So 
tar pit grabs it. It's definitely shaped to look like the Stanley Cup, and he's he just threw it. He threw it. So he threw it up in the air, and Flash is going to fight him. And Tar Pit's got him on the ropes, and he's about to get. He actually kind of. I don't know. He blasts him, and he's got him like locked in somehow. Kind of like when lava cools. Uh, I forgot the term for it. I'm not a science guy myself, but. Um, all of a sudden, Tar Pit's about to go for the final kill, and a blast of cold hits Tar Pit's arm, a uh, blast of ice, and his arm shatters, and Captain Cold just goes, I paid good money for these seats. <laughs> you're messing, you're ruining the game, Sloppy. Uh, so it's it was kind of funny in that. Now, so he's just there as a fan, and he's literally wearing a jersey that says, um, it says his name on the back. It says cold and number 14. So he's, he's pretty obvious. Apparently he's a wanted man at this point too. So, but that's kind of like their, their brief like interaction. Um, but they do end up fighting to get, uh, you know, to get this tar pit guy under control. Tar pit throws some, you know, molten lava at everybody's faces. They're burning. They can't talk. And Flash eventually blasts him with a water hose, um, and it break it breaks him down and, and kind of blows him up, which is really neat. And they take a sample of it, but um, other than that, that was, I mean, that was pretty much it. And maybe it's not the best Captain Cold book, but I did find it rather enjoyable to kind of see this other side of him, you know protecting flash in a way uh i think it was really neat to see even if it was just a couple panels um yeah. i was I, I really enjoyed seeing that other side of him even though it wasn't wasn't quite the new 52 um but i enjoyed it so i'm gonna start off with artwork and i did tell greg i was really really thrilled with the artwork here this is a 1987 book and i screen capped it to him uh it looks like late nineties, early two thousands, at least from the cover perspective, even the in book uh, visuals were really, really amazing too. Um, they didn't really far fall, fall, fall far enough from the cover uh, visuals. I was like very impressed. I'm going to send that to Greg right now. Uh, but I mean, 1987, that is really, really, really impressive. When I think eighties books, I think of, um, you know, I think of Secret Wars, which wasn't very detailed, and, and amongst other books, this is really, really good. Um, so I'm going to give yeah. the artwork a, I'm going to give an art the artwork a ten, like easily, no question, a ten, especially for that time period to push the artwork the way that they did. Um, action, the action was really cool. Uh, I'm not going to lie that some of the the flash, you know, the fighting scenes with uh, Tar Pit, and then Captain Cold coming in to make the save. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. I'm going to give the action an eight. Story. Story was, wasn't was really the strong point in this one um, at all. It, it was uh, it was very brief. It it definitely felt like a one-off book, uh, if you know what I mean. Like, there's not going to be anything coming about this. So I'm going to give this story a five. It was definitely lackluster in that respect. Dialogue, too, was not very uh, stellar. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Um, you know, some tidbits here, like quips here and there, you know, Flash kind of being goofy. The Captain Cold thing was really neat. 
and the early dialogue between Wally West and his uh, significant other. Um, but yeah, it wasn't anything spectacular. I'm going to give the dialogue a six. Uh, rereadability. This, I love this book. I really do. And despite me giving it a little bit lower end of a score uh, up to this point, I think it's worth a read. I think it's a fun little book. It wasn't very long by any means. And like I said, just visually, visually beautiful. I'm going to give the rereadability an eight. Uh, 37 out of 50 for this this issue. Awesome. Yeah, not bad. To see if I could find the hockey jersey you sent me in that picture because I want it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's got to be available somewhere. <laughs> I, I want to like wear it now, real bad. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, I'll hop in to my book here. Um, I decided to do the Citizen Cold story from Flashpoint, where um, with Flash not around. Captain Cold is the actually the acting hero in Central City, um, but it, so it's about a, it's a three issue story from that storyline. It's a 2011 book, um, and I'll, I'll hop into it. It's really cool. It starts right away with actually Freeze breaking into um, Star Labs because he's looking for the way to save his wife, um, and it's you get to go again, they do a great job. They always, I feel like it's because part of his character to have these thought bubbles always inside of his head. Um, and he talks about, he says, freeze is a fool who leads with his heart. I lead with my guns. Who the hell am I? I'm citizen cold hero of central city. Um, and it just goes on to this little monologue and he starts fighting freeze right away, like slides in on a, an ice slide he makes. And then him and freeze are like making an icicle as they're shooting their guns at each other. Um, and you just they just go into an all fight, and as soon as this happens, the crowd starts like circling around them, chanting "Cold Snap," which is what they called Captain Cold uh, or Citizen Cold. He freezes, freeze, and freezes head pops off with little spider legs and runs away. He's got like a robotic, a robotic spider with his head in a jar, um, <laughs> and ends up having to save Iris and Wally. Because Freeze freezes their van and knocks them off. And he, he immediately is like, oh, this is a great payday for me. She's the most famous reporter in the world. She's just going to make me even more popular, especially with me saving her. Um, saves her and he kills Freeze, actually. Like right in front of the whole crowd, he stomps on his head. Uh, and you get a, a look at the rogues. All of the guys that I just read in the last book that are like his best friends uh, are all actually like planning, plotting revenge on Freeze. You've got Weather Wizard, Trickster, um, Heatwave, Mirror Master, who's actually been locked in the mirrors by Freeze because of the like something he the way he froze them, um, and they're plotting revenge. And you just get Freeze has got this like almost Batman esque personality. He's out in full suit, like drinking and partying with people, uh, picking up like women, driving around in this like super fancy vehicle. He actually like takes this girl home. Um, but then sees on the news that his sister actually has been arrested for killing his father. Um, and you get like some glimpses of that and it's pretty like gory. Like you see her actually like picking up the gun and like shooting him in the face uh, and cold, just like outside without a uniform crying, which is pretty awesome. Like I love, uh, love the shot, but because of this, someone actually figures out that cold is Leonard Snart who is an unknown villain or was a low level criminal and they're about to reveal it. And 
right as that happens, it's revealed that that's Wally West and Cold has followed him and freezes him um, while he's trying to tell Iris who Cold really is. And that's where it ends. It's a shorter book, but it's so good. <laughs> such a, again, such a unique take and, and you just feel for him. Like you, you see these shots of him like protecting his sister and then it cuts over to like her sister, his sister. She's finally just had enough of her father um, fighting back and she's getting arrested for it. And he's feeling guilty for leaving and it. And yet, but I love that even though he's a hero, he's still cocky. He's still a jerk and he's still not scared to kill. Like they didn't just cha- take that all away from him. He's still the same guy. Uh, and I, I really dug that. So I'll hop into my scoring. I gave the art an eight. It's a very different art style. Again, it's a very unique art style, um, especially for 2011, but I really liked it. There was just, something different about it it actually felt kind of older um it had a lot of like harsh shadows and was darker and and just a a darker color palette but i i really enjoyed it it's very not as like detailed lines everything's more it's hard to explain without looking at it everything i'll have to take a picture and send it to you matt but yes please do. every everything is very like almost artistic more than anything, like more than a co- classic comic book. Um, and I really dug it, but I, I gave the art an eight. I gave the action a seven. There's not too much besides the fight with cold and freeze, but it's a really cool fight. Uh, I really like freeze's outfit in this. I forgot to say he's wearing like a full, like red and black trench coat with his gun on the back. And it's more of like a Gatling gun shape. Uh, and it's just a really cool outfit for Freeze. Cold's in his classic uniform with a, and he's dual wielding cold guns. Um, but yeah, I, I gave the action a seven, the story a nine. Like I said, it, it's just heart wrenching and it's awesome. And you feel for this villain, but you also know he's a jerk, especially like this kid, Wally West, who's just this like kid cameraman gets frozen like at the end. And you're just like, oh man, I really don't know how to read this guy. Uh, dialogue is a nine. Again, just all of the, the thoughts in his head and, and readability uh, nine. So I gave this a 42 overall. It's a, just a really solid book. Uh, and again, I love Captain Cold. So that's, I'm a little impartial there, but I, I really just really enjoyed it. Very good. Now, now Greg, for, for, from your perspective, what is, you know, from what I read or your earliest book to your latest book, what was the biggest difference uh, of Captain Cold for you uh, between those, or if there were any? I feel like both of my books, like, really hearkened on his backstory. Uh, and maybe just because of the story, but his father and um, really, like, humanizing him, where I think your books, he, he was just a classic villain. It was about his looks. It was about his gun. Uh, and the backstory wasn't so much there, but even that 87 book, it started to like show that he's got this like duality. Like he's not a straight up stone cold killer. Actually, I feel like he's more vicious in flashpoint than he is in the other books uh, because he's killing anybody where he's more provoked in the rogues revenge. And even then he won't, he can't kill his own father uh, or this. He just stomps out, freezes head in public. And I, I don't, I don't feel like, I feel like he's a lot different. And now he's even got that code up and everything. And uh, he's just such a different character. He's changed over time. And I feel like more people like to see him as this anti-hero than they do villain. I Yeah, I I, I think you hit the nail right on the head there. Uh, the anti-hero, 
you know, shtick. It works really well. Yeah. Uh, the second the second book that I read the, with the the comedy twist on it, it's um, it's like I said, I appreciated it, but I think overall character wise, it, it no no no, it just it, it didn't come off as anti hero, but uh, I don't know, it just it's yeah. really hard to to describe it. It just didn't feel like yeah, uh, it just didn't feel like him as, as I knew him. Um, but yeah, the, the code thing that you brought up, I think is a, is a major thing that, um, they eventually developed, which worked really well. But I mean, for the, for largely, I think he's been mostly the same, uh, yeah. same kind of person, uh, with, without a doubt. And I think that's a, an important thing too. Um, and I, I feel like I've seen it more so more than I originally thought when we decided to kind of change the format originally um, and seeing how these characters went from, you know, their first appearance to now, mm-hmm. um, there, I think there's been more similarities. Like the, I think, you know, writers, yep. artists, whatever, have kept the original idea for these characters and, and evolved them very, very slightly uh, in mm-hmm. the long existence of these books. But, you see some changes looking at DC with like New 52 and Rebirth, but they're always very like calculated and clear changes. Um, and, and some characters had m- more drastic than others. Uh, and it's usually like a small change to a storyline or give it, changing up a power or something, or like a little bit of a backstory. I feel like I've noticed some bigger jumps in Marvel, but even then, like, I think it just shows you respect for characters in the past. Uh, that they're trying to stay true to this specific character. And you're going to get the changes more when the cowl changes. If if someone else takes on the suit, that's when it's going to change. And like Green Lantern is an example of that. Or um, even like the, the Thor passing along the hammer to different characters so you can get that different taste. But if it's if it's Thor Odin's son, it's going to be Thor Odin's son. Um, or if it's Leonard Snart, he's still going to be pretty true to his character. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, really, the only times I, I can think of really drastic changes between characters is when they start doing, you know, multiverse s stuff or, or any of the comic books when they, yep. when when they devote like an entire, I don't know, I guess brand to a certain series. Yeah, if you kind of get what I'm saying, like like I'm Scott like- Snyder really transformed Batman. Uh, in a lot of ways and made him a lot different than Batman's past, added a whole new storyline to Gotham itself and changed up some of that. Um, and that's somewhere I think Batman's a character that you can really, he's like, Oh yeah, he's, he's changed a ton. Superman too. Uh, some of those, those surprisingly like big guys, you can see changes. It's just not the changes you would expect. I think it's, it's more how they respond to things and less like, Hey, my suit's different. <laughs> Right, right, right. Which is, you know, which is, which is neat. I, I do like those little things, but I'm, you know, I'm glad in in hindsight after doing this, this style, I think we've doing it since what, March maybe? Yeah. Uh, that, that the original idea behind the character has largely stayed the same yep. uh, for everyone that we have done so far. So I'm, uh, yeah, I'm most stoked about that. Yeah, I'm, I love it. And I'm, like I said, I'm very, very happy with this book. I'm glad Cold won. I know I actually do want to cover Boomerang down the road because I'm I'm a big Boomerang fan as well. Uh, yeah. Again, another one of those weird, goofy rogues characters. 
and Flash's Rogues Gallery secretly holds like a strong place in my heart. I think they're super underrated. Like you talk about Spider-Mans and Batmans, you never really talk about uh, Flash's Rogues, but in the Flash Museum, there's a whole section <laughs> devoted just to his villains. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah, that is pretty neat. It, they're, I'm loving this. I really expanded my knowledge on on all these characters and and whatnot. It's been it's been fun so far, and I was really happy about how this Captain Cold one went. Like I said, I only heard about him maybe three years ago, maybe three years ago tops. And I feel like I've learned so much and have a new appreciation for uh, for him as a villain, anti-hero, just as a comic book character in general. And I do want to see more of him. Uh, I want to see more live action, you know, portrayals yeah. of him, if that's ever to be the case. Um, but, yeah, I'm uh, I'm hooked. I'm hooked on Captain Cold. You're welcome. This is what I do. Thank you. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. <laughs> Next week, Greg and myself, we're going to – we're keeping the format pretty much the same, but what we're going to do is we're going to both read the same books – uh, so we can open help open up the conversation a little bit more between us and, and give the you know you the listeners more uh, I mean even more dialogue. It's, I was really happy uh, as to how everything went with this episode, but Me too. you know just it, this was yeah we're gonna we're gonna start reading the same books so we can have op- really open up the conversations. I think it's the most important thing instead of us just reading a book and grading it with our you know whimsical grading system that doesn't mean a whole lot but just really you know what i mean it's it's this was good this was really good i agree i'm excited and i'm excited to dive into invincible next week uh i'm really behind the curve on this one it ended a while back but i'm not that behind because they're actually talking about starting in an animated series i'll talk about that again uh about some of the plans for it so i hopped into it recently and i am just I'm in love. I, like I said, I read 10 volumes in three days, so I'm really excited to expose Matt and you guys to this story, um, and I hope y'all jump on it as fast as I did because I think you're going to really enjoy it. Absolutely, absolutely. Just you know, Now you guys know. Um, so next week, make sure you pay attention. Uh, Invincible covering that. And, you know, as always, on behalf of Greg and myself, we appreciate you very much for your support on this show. Uh, Till next time, everybody, this has been a, another great episode of the panel discussion. Mm-hmm.